Welcome to The Experience of You, a podcast on how to own your personal brand and have the mindset to get your goals and live your dreams. People who lead with an authentic and positive personal brand create the ultimate experience for others. And when they do, they get what they want, personally and professionally. It's not about likes and followers. Don't let others dictate your brand. Take control of it and own it. Throughout this podcast, brilliant people will help you learn how. I'm Dave Thompson, and here's this week's guest. Welcome back, Carl Speak. Thanks for joining me today. It's great to chat with you, as always, and in particular about this topic, the power of perceptions. Personal branding is all about perceptions that we create, as you've written about extensively, and it plays a critical role in building a strong personal brand and then in the relationships we have. So you've done a, quite a bit of research on perceptions over the years and have lectured it since you wrote that landmark book, Be Your Own Brand. Do you think most people are familiar with the idea of perceptions? Hi, Dave. It's certainly good to be back uh, talking about personal brand, and in this case, perceptions. So do I think most people are familiar with the idea of perceptions? Let me answer that in two ways. So let me start out with some anecdotal evidence based upon some experiences that I've had. And then I'm going to reinforce that by citing quantitative research, some, some facts and figures that, that would reinforce the things that I've seen as I've interacted with people for so many years. So uh, let me start out as I do with when I talk to a lot of people about perceptions. And that is, I am sure you, Dave, and in fact, I know that this is the case because I know it. almost everybody asks this question, they answer the same way. And I ask them, have they ever heard of this, the aphorism that perception is reality? And, and I can tell you that I'm sure you do, you, you've heard of this before. And in fact, I can tell you, I have asked literally thousands of people, there's no exaggeration, and they all either say yes, raise their hand, or, or nod. So this idea of perception as reality is a well-tread road in terms of people's belief about perceptions. In fact, just, as I, just for kicks, I looked up on the internet, did a little Google search, uh, you know, where did that phrase come from, perception as reality? And you might think it, it may have been generations old, but it's attributed to a guy named Lee Atwater, who um, in his prime was George Bush Sr.'s chief political strategist. So although a lot of us think it's been around for a while, it's not, it's a relatively new. But let me sort of build off on this, my, my experiences about people and perceptions and their understanding. So one of the things that, I'm, that I do regularly when I talk to audiences or conduct workshops is, in fact, I ask that question, are you familiar with the phrase, is perception reality? As I mentioned, everybody does. So I asked them by show of hands, raise your hand if you're familiar with that. And I can tell you, as I just said, everybody will raise their hand. So that's good. So then I just want to sort of get to the next level. So I want to dig a little deeper because I know you've heard, people have heard that, but what does it mean to them? So then I say, okay, so everybody in this room understands that perception is reality. Now, how often do you take that to heart? And so the one way I test that is I poll them and I say, okay, how often do you, when you're going to a meeting and say it's a meeting that's important or somewhat important, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a relevant meeting. So how often when you go to that meeting, do you prepare by writing down the three perceptions that you want to leave 
or the three impressions that you want to leave with the other person at the meeting. So I ask people, do you do it a little bit, a lot? It doesn't matter. Just raise your hand if you, if you engage in that kind of activity. Whereas before, 100% of the audience raised their hands. Now, literally zero. And I'm just telling you over and over again, whether it's a group of 200, whether it's a group of 20, it's all the same. And so then I go, well, that's interesting because you all nodded your head about the fact that you understand that perceptions are reality. Yet I find it a little curious if you understand that perceptions are important, why don't you, aren't you more proactive? You know, why, why aren't you making sure the right perceptions are created about you? And so here's the common answers. Number one, they'll say, well, the reason I don't do that, Carl, I am sure I would leave the right perception. I'm just sure I leave the right impression. You'll, talk, you'll hear me talk about, they try to explain this in a minute. So when someone says, I'm sure I'll leave the right perception, in their mind, they really believe that they are unconsciously competent. So they can do it instinctively. They don't have to think about it. So that's the first reason that they say, I'm sure I would leave the right perception. The second one is, I'm not sure of the three perceptions that I want to leave. So, you know, they're like, you know what? Other than leave a good impression, I really haven't thought about it in terms of the kind of three, the details, the three adjectives I'd like to leave. Another, another reason they say is, you know what? I stay focused on the objectives I want to create at that meeting. That's what my, and that's how I measure my success, is that I accomplish my objectives. And of course, there's nothing wrong. You should have objectives for a meeting. I also would tell those people, it's good to achieve your objective, but it's just as important or more important about the perceptions you leave so, so people have a sense for who you are in terms of what you accomplished. Right? And then the, other, the fourth reason is one that a lot of people, frankly, raise their hand about, and they say, you know what, I never thought about it that way. You know, I never thought that I should keep perception management to top of top of mind. So there are reasons why. So people, yeah, they understand perceptions and they will say that perceptions are reality, but in fact, they probably aren't as proactive and as proficient as maybe they think. So when I think about that, I do believe that people believe in perceptions. I don't think they make a conscious effort. And to kind of add some meat to the bones of that, you know, I've just used this a second ago, I just used this phrase, of unconscious competence. This is a this is an important idea to understand because it really really because perceptions are one of those one of those competency areas that frankly are really important for leaders to grow. They're really important if you want to have very efficient, fruitful, positive relationships. And I will tell you that many, many, many leadership studies that I have read and leadership gurus I've talked to one of the top five most important attributes of very strong leaders, one of them is their ability to leave consistent perceptions with the people they lead. So I don't know if you've heard, Dave, of, the, of this idea of unconscious competence, but let me sort of give you some background because it may give you sort of some ideas as to where, where we can go with perceptions. So there, in, in the training and development world, there's, a, there's an old framework and it's old but still good and still relevant. And what it does is it, is it creates a quadrant and it compares level of consciousness and level of competency. So either highly competent or not very competent, highly conscious in terms of the effort or unconscious, so that is to not think about it. 
And so in this model, it's a very simple model, they, at any given kind of competency development, they will identify people in one of four quadrants. So there are those people who are on any given competence, let's say perception management. The consciously competent people are those people who are deliberately focused on developing, let's say, perception management. So they have a plan for it, they practice it, they're deliberate, it's top of mind. So we call those people consciously competent. And then going down the competency scale, there are people then who are unconsciously competent at any skill, but in this case, perception management. Unconsciously competent people are those folks who believe they know that competency so well, they believe they can just operate on autopilot. And by the way, we are all good or unconsciously competent at certain things. We know before you can become unconsciously competent at something, you have to first spend considerable time being consciously competent. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right? You've got to work hard. You've got to try. You've got to practice. And so that's really all about to become consciously competent in something. It's about practice, 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 learn, practice, learn, practice. And uh, we know from all sorts of research that for somebody to get a, to a high level of competence so that they are unconsciously competent and do it really well, the research would suggest that it takes about 13,000 hours of practice to develop a very high level of competence. So I get back to my point. Are people aware of perceptions? Yes, they are. Are, are most people consciously competent? I'd say some are. Are a lot of people unconsciously competent? Not nearly as many people who are consciously competent. And I would, if I had to guess, I would say most people are aware that they're not very competent. So the idea is, do I think people understand perceptions? Yes. Do they manage it as a discipline? No. Do they hold themselves accountable to learn this competency like they might other competencies? Unfortunately not. And however, as I said before, people are very successful. People are really good leaders. They work hard. They're very sensitive. And even though they are very good at leaving the kind of perceptions that they want to leave, they still work hard at it. And it's still top of mind. So, yep, people are aware of the idea, but most people really haven't understood it. Frankly, haven't been taught and given the tools to practice. So, but good news is managing perceptions is not complicated science. It's stuff that we all can understand easily and do. And that's interesting because people trust their gut. They feel a vibration, a vibe. There's, There's that thing called the energy exchange where people understand perhaps how they're coming across or observe how other people are coming across, but they don't treat it as something that needs to be developed. You mentioned there was some research that adds some insight now yep. people view perceptions. Talk about the research. You bet. Because Again, I have a lot of anecdotal information. I wouldn't say I'm an expert at perception management, but I would say I'm somebody who's, who's got a lot of observations and experience. But you know, nonetheless, my experience is one thing. The facts are differently. So I, I would lay out for you these two figures. One is 60% and the other is 75%. So keep that in mind, 60% and 75%. And what I'm referring to is a study done at the University of Montreal. And I'll just give this uh, the study parameters just a, just a quick overview. So these social psychologists conducted these studies with many, many groups of people. And what they would do is they would take a subject. So they'd randomly pick somebody out of a group and then a small group of, of five or six people. And they pick them out and they say, okay, you're the subject. And then they say, okay, now we want you to go back and talk with the group. 
and just have these normal conversations. And then we're going to observe that. So they do that. And they go back and have this conversation. Then they, they, they stop the conversation and then they, they take the person who's the subject and, and segregate them from the rest of the people in the group. And they ask that person, how confident are you that based upon the way you interacted with the people in the group, that they understand who you are, that they have a good perception of the kind of person that you are, what's important to you, and could have an opinion about what kind of person you were if someone asked them. Uh, they'd give themselves a score of sort of 60%. So they're saying, yeah, you know, slightly more, but 60% of the time, I'm sure, 60% of the people said that they, in fact, would know them very well. Then we asked the other, they asked the other people in the group, how well do you think you understand that person? Could you describe to me with some detail about who they are, what they stand for, the kind of person they are? And that's where the 75% came in. 75% of the people said they were, did not feel like they had enough information at all. So therefore, they didn't think they had enough of a picture of this person, that the impression they left was so uncertain that they really didn't feel confident that they could describe that person to somebody else very accurately. So the point is, in many cases, we think we're pretty good at leaving the right impression. In the majority time, that's not the case. So perceptions matter. And my point about I watch people and they think they're competent, but they really aren't, this data would suggest that we all fall a lot shorter than we think we do. And that's critical today because we're looking at a society in which 75% or more of jobs come through relationships, referrals, or recommendations. And if people aren't actively managing perceptions about themselves, they're not perhaps building relationships and connections that can help them down the line. Dave, I think that's critical. I mean, just think about it in our own personal experiences. How often when we meet, then we're with somebody and some oh yeah, do you know Dave? Oh yeah. Well, so often you're, Dave's a nice guy. He was interesting. I mean, they're very, very general characteristics. So you're right. And, and referral matters so much. I mean, how many times have I heard people say, hey, you should talk to so-and-so. You should meet with so-and-so. And I go, why? <laughs> and he liked to meet about the following. But I never get any more than just the basics. You know, I don't ever get, I don't get six or eight descriptors of he's a really smart guy, he's really interesting. So it's just that, that um, referrals matter a lot, yet we don't always, as good as we should be, frankly, at being so in tune with people that we can describe them. Better. So when people are perceived accurately, what are the benefits when they're, when they're managing those perceptions and and people get a clear picture of them. A couple of things. One is just to, to be clear, when you use the term being perceived accurately, I know you and I have talked about that. The scientists would suggest that being perceived accurately really relates to the clear understanding that when people perceive somebody else, that it is very much in sync with how that person, what they believe about themselves. So it's a real picture of that. And so, yeah, there's been a lot of work with psychologists, and here are some of the payoffs. So the more accurately you are perceived, the more happier you will be. So it's very important to the human condition that other people in people's lives really under, understand them for who they are. And certainly that's the goods and the bads. But again, when they do the research, the more accurately people are perceived, the more happy they are in life. Second of all, the more authentic, positive relationships 
person has more authentic, positive relationships, the more accurately they are perceived. I think that kind of makes some sense. If somebody believes they understand you well, they know who you are, and you believe they understand you, there's a, there's a connection there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that connection also leads to the fact that the more accurately you are perceived, the more you will be trusted. And so being trusted, again, is an important part of the human condition. So being understood really well and being perceived accurately equates to people trusting you even more. And then the other piece is people who, who believe they perceive accurately believe they have less stress in their life. And that, that of course, is important, particularly in the world where we live in today. And then finally, people who are perceived accurately and believe they're perceived accurately are very confident that they will be given opportunities for them that fit their strengths than if they weren't understood. The byline to that one is, if anybody believes that they are given an opportunity that is fine-tuned for them, they are much more confident they will be successful at that task. So there are a lot of really positive reasons to be perceived accurately, and so i.e. it's worth it to work on being perceived accurately. Bottom line is the work will pay off, period. So it's, it's worthwhile doing. Outstanding. That's pretty evident, uh, given what yeah. you've just shared. Tell yeah. me about other research that you would like to share that's relevant to this, because I know you've got a, a ton. As I thought and planned a little bit before our discussion today, so I just looked at some of the, my research folders and said, okay, what, what are the top few things that I think people would benefit from? So here's, here's number one. My headline in this one is Purpose Pays. The research shows that individuals that have a greater sense of purpose in their life, they are much more likely to be perceived accurately, right? So you take a group of people and then you rank them, those that are, that are perceived most accurately and those the least accurately. And then you look at a series of attributes and one of the most important attributes for those people who are perceived accurately is that they have purpose. They have a high self-concept, so to speak. That is, they have a sense for what they want to do and how that matters in their life. That's number one, purpose-based. So the more focused you are, the more directed you are at your life, more likely you to be perceived accurately. Second of all, now here's another one. Again, some of these are, you wonder why, but the, the science points it out. Smiling. People who smile a lot are much more likely to be perceived accurately. And you go, why is that? When you smile a lot, people who smile a lot generally are happy, well-adjusted, likable. And so smiles matter. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, you think of all the things that can matter. People who, who project happiness are, tend to be much more accurately perceived. Well, that's, that's fascinating because it would lead someone to say to others who are naturally happy, fake it to make it there. Who knows? I mean, maybe, but I, I would suggest that it's a, Maybe a little deeper. It's around uh, people who are smile a lot, frankly, are much more personable. People like to be around happy people. And when you're around somebody who's happy, you spend more time, you pay attention. Frankly, you admire them a little more. So you, you're in tune with who they are. And the other piece, I can't minimize this. And that is to be perceived accurately at the core of this is authenticity. The more authentic you are, the more likely is people will perceive you accurately because they believe you're authentic and then, then they trust you more. And if they trust you more, they're willing to associate you with more positive quality. 
So those are a couple of things, Dave. I'll add a few more that maybe are a little kind of out there. Again, this is research. I'm not sure the why, but I know the what. And so the number one, it comes out of research. For whatever reason, attractive people tend to be perceived more accurately. Outgoing, attractive people. Don't know why, but it's the case. And here's another one. It's probably a little more intuitive. Women are more likely to be perceived accurately than men. Women have a much greater sense for perceptions, frankly. They're more in tune with them. But also women tend to be, and this is a generalization, so pardon me, but I don't think I'm that far off. Women have a superior ability to be emotive, that is to express their emotions, more likely to express their emotions, whether that's verbally, through body language, the kind of gestures they use. But so it does make sense that women are more accurately perceived just because they are much more likely to be in tune with and sensitive to emotions. And also, we don't have as much time today to talk about this. We've done, our firm's done some research around women and perceptions. And I can just tell you top line, there's no question at all that women are highly sensitive to perceptions and the role perceptions play in relationships. Compared to men, women are so instinctive when it comes to perceptions. Our research does bear out that, the other scientific research about women being more accurately perceived. Now, I do tell people, what does it take to make sure you left an impression? The truth of the matter is that for most people, after you've had an interaction with them, maybe it's the first time, that impression doesn't last very long. And you might wonder, how long does it last? Well, I mean, there's science on that, but let me just give you a little benchmark. The perceptions people have of you will be general or fade away pretty quickly, usually within hours. So how can you make sure people that you leave a lasting impression? Here's a simple thing. Make a difference. Make a difference in the meeting. Make a difference to them. I don't care how big or how small. Make a difference. Do something that stands out that matters to them. The bigger difference you make with someone, the longer that impression of who you are lasts. Think about it that way. You want people to remember who you are remember, and remember something about you. Make a difference. Back to the, how hard it might be. Perceivers are not fair. They just aren't fair and stubborn. They don't work really extra hard. They rely on stereotypes. And not only that, scientists, social psychologists call this notion of the first impression the primacy effect. And the primacy effect means the first impression that people have of you. And that doesn't mean the first second, but it means the first impression based on the first interaction, whether you're within five minutes or an hour. That is the impression that will last the longest. You could get to know somebody and you could have 10 meetings with them. And chances are the outstanding perception they will have about you will almost always go back to something that happened the first time you met. In my pocket, I have my personal brand dimensions. I know what I want to leave with people. It's never, never ending. So perceivers aren't fair. They're stubborn. And the primacy effect says the way I interacted with you and know you the first time is going to last a whole long time. Perceivers need a compelling reason to understand the real you. They're, they're not going to make a science out of you. You can go, okay, got it. You got to give them a reason. Usually that reason is, can boil down to you creating value for them. And so therefore they want to get more of that value from you. So Again, people can manage perceptions, Dave, but, they, but you got to be consciously competent, and there are a lot of hurdles that one has to go over.
I'll say, this is so critical, Carl, because uh, we're fighting uphill, we're fighting, we're, we're swimming up against the stream often. If, you know, half of our society or more are lazy, not fair, and need a compelling reason to understand you. So right. I, I, I get why perception management almost is, is a critical learned skill that we don't often hear about. Is it possible that even though someone's very clear about who they are, how they're perceived is still going to be in conflict with their own perception about themselves? Uh, for sure, Dave. Me. Yeah, for sure, Dave. I, let me talk about this idea of the, what I call the perception gap. And this perception gap is, think about it simply as this, that each of us have a certain way in which we want to be perceived. Right? So we want our personal brand to come across so that people perceive our authentic qualities. Right? And so we all want that. As I mentioned earlier, there's a good reason for that because we're happier, less stressful, no, that sort of thing. So the perception gap is the difference between how I understand myself and how other people perceive. I want people to understand, we should know that we're always trying to manage that perception gap. And that gap can be narrow with some people, wide with others. It can at one point be wide with someone and you can narrow that gap. But it's a constant challenge to make sure we always are managing the gap. That peer assessment survey that you referenced that you all do, I can, I can vouch for what an eye-opener that is. As I've shared with you, teaching the personal branding class at Temple University, this is the most groundbreaking aspect of the class. They sketch out their values, their styles, their standards, you know, what they think they communicate. And then they receive the results and the data from this peer assessment survey. And for the most part, they can't believe how well they are being perceived. They come into it with the expectation that there's going to be a lot of negativity cited about them. It's almost a joyous occasion when we do the big reveal and give them a chance to see the results of their peer assessment survey because they find out that there's a lot of wonderful perceptions of them and a lot of things they don't give themselves credit for. For instance, that they're smart or intelligent or caring or funny. And uh, it's just, it's a wonderful tool to compare how you perceive yourself versus how others do. So you just wanted to share that because that, that's been a groundbreaking aspect of the uh, Temple classes. Carl, thank you so much, and we'll schedule a follow-up, and I really look forward to getting more insight for you. Thanks for today's session on perception management. You're welcome, Dave, and I enjoy doing it, and I just, and hopefully I've, I've reinforced the people, creating perceptions can be done, and it can be done effectively, and man, I mean, it pays off, and you'll be happier and less stressful. So looking forward to the next time we get together, Dave. Thanks for listening to The Experience of You. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others who are currently trying to land a job, transition careers, or are looking to improve their professional brand. To catch all the latest workshops, resources, and insights from the Career Coach Pros community, you can follow us on Instagram at Career Coach Pros and on Twitter at Career Coach Pros. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.